is everybody all settled? <coughs> Sounds like a yes. <laughs> well, welcome to the living room. I'm Haley. And Herb, can I talk about what we talked about last week, kind of? Yeah. You don't mind okay. revealing you? So, last week... Can they cover you like they do everybody else? <laughs> what did you say? Was it something insulting? <laughs> anyway, so last week I was scheduled to talk, but I didn't have a topic. And so Herb and I got to chatting, and he kind of brought up being interested in my perspective and the way that I eat in regards to my, you know, beliefs and biblical readings and knowledge and stuff like that. And so I was, when he, he brought that up, I didn't really have, you know, an idea for this Sunday. So it was exciting to have, you know, a topic, you know, just tossed at me. And then it was also exciting because it's something that I'm passionate about. But then I got home and started, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to say. And it's, it's been anxiety city at my house. <laughs> so I just want to put it out there that um, today I am sharing, I'm being a little bit more vulnerable than I prefer to be. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to share about my story with this and, you know, not, yeah, just my own story and my own walk and just sharing and not necessarily pushing any type of agenda. And for those of you who Many of you already know where we're going with this. So anyway, today I'm going to talk about thankfulness for food because we are still on our thankfulness series and, uh, and gratitude and the way that we eat. So let's see if I can do this. Okay, so I'm going to start with Genesis 1, uh, 20, I think through 30. Um, and this, I have several different scriptures sprinkled throughout this presentation um, that have been meaningful, meaningful for me over the years. And, and I'm not just focusing on one and kind of breaking it down like I, I like to do. Um, but I did do some research, and that's why I have, I've got a laptop, I've got a piece of paper, and I've got a phone because I am... I've done a lot of stuff this week. So anyway, I'll read this Genesis, um, these Genesis verses to you. So, and God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water with the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. 24. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And so um, before I move on, because I don't know how to go back <laughs> on this slide presenter, um, I have in parentheses in 24 uh, cattle slash four-legged animals. 
So I, um, maybe you've seen the trend, this is my third time speaking, but I really do like to go back and um, search the Hebrew meaning for certain words. And the word um, livestock, I think, has a connotation uh, today that's more um, in our minds for sale or for as a commodity, a commodity and a good. And that's not the word that was originally used um, or not the meaning behind the word that was originally used in this verse. It is, um, some interpret it as cattle, but for the most part, it means four-legged animals. Okay, so 26 to 30, oh, 31, I had a feeling. All right, and then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the animals of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the living creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that he had that he had made God saw all that he had made and it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day um okay so like I said notes are all over the place as is my mind but uh there's a little asterisk by the word rule up there and that's another word that I kind of search because it's often in many other Bible versions it's it's the word dominion and um, I liked I liked reading this again and, and kind of looking at it from I don't know a higher of the what's the 10,000 foot view um, because it says let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so I thought it was interesting that um, the word rule comes after God's um, sharing that he has rule over us. So, um, or dominion, but dominion means more rule or caretaking or um, work, like a, a, a respectful sense. So in the, in the sense that we see that God is always watching over for us or has our back or we can pray to him and have something to depend on and, and lean on in hard times or even in good times, um, of course. Um, but, you know, we, we hear stories of lack all the time where we don't, some people don't know where their next meal is coming from or where they're going to live in the next few months. But they, if, if they are Christ followers, they have that sense of trust and peace and ease because God has rule over us or has dominion over us. So, um, how many of you have ever seen, felt, or experienced a God moment thanks to the animals in your life? <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but I have. 
and it's amazing to spend time with animals and, be, and begin to witness their emotions and mentality. Um, it was funny, a little like upliftment this morning. I was, Herb knows, but for the rest of you, maybe you noticed when I came in, I came in fairly late as per usual. Um, but I have been working on this and I just wanted to you know, make sure I got out the things I wanted to get out. And so I was in my house and I was typing away and looked at the clock and was like, oh my goodness, I need to get over there. Herb's going to be flipping out. And I run to my car, and he was. Um, <laughs> I run to my car, and which is parked, kind of pointing my backyard. And in my backyard, I have this pretty large bird feeder. And I had just filled it up uh, last week to the top with seed. And there hasn't been birds around because I haven't been feeding them in the way that I was earlier. But I just needed to use up the seed. So anyway, I got into my car. I look up, and I see the bird feeder you know, just wondering if there would be a bird. And there was an entire, uh, like, red fox squirrel on this bird feeder, but it's it's one of those ones that's kind of like a, a little tower with a, a base that's a little bit wider so the birds can be on either side. And he was just flat on his stomach laying on this bird feeder for and just, like, crouched down flat and his tail was hanging over just like he was hanging out waiting to take a nap before he had a delicious meal of seeds. And it made me laugh because that's normally they're, you know, kind of up and about, but he was just lounging. And it, it just kind of, you know, gave me that little um, boost and joy and happiness and just seeing this animal do <laughs> his thing with the day. Um, but yeah, I think it's amazing to spend time with animals and begin to witness their emotions and mentality. Um, it's even steeped into our language, curious cats, wise owls, smart elephants, peacocks peacocking or showing off, chickens being chickens or scared, and the list goes on. And it's safe to say the animals have emotions, um, and I've personally, personally seen their emotions, joys, and fears. Um, and I learned in high school that if you are driving at a patch of deers on the road, that you need, especially if it's at nighttime, you need to honk um, instead of just driving at them because they can't see you. And the sound scares them and has them run off the road. Um, and so I just wanted to, yeah, kind of relate animals in the sense of, um, in the sense of how God can maybe sees us and how we can see them, so to speak. Um, and this is about food, of course, uh, but often we think of animals as food, but I personally do not think of them as food. Um, I am a vegan, and what that means is I do not eat animal products at all. And so I don't eat meat, I don't eat dairy, I don't eat eggs, um, and then it becomes there's a difference. Uh, there's two terms that are popular right now. One is plant-based and one is vegan. And I think the word vegan is used as interchangeably with plant-based, but it's not quite the same. So plant-based basically means you choose or you're not eating animal products, the things I just listed for your health or for you know health dietary reasons. Um, but vegan takes it a little bit of a step further and adds morality into it. And so for me, I don't see, I don't believe um, that I, I believe that it's a moral choice for me to not kill, to not eat animals. 
Um, and so Exodus 20, 13, thou shalt not kill. So that's one of our Ten Commandments. Um, and I think it's, let's see what I write before I get ahead of, or I wrote before I get ahead of myself. Um, so here I have that God is a God of life. We even call him the living God. The entire Bible begins with life, as we've read, and its value to the earth. God said that he wanted the waters and the lands to be teeming, and he gave animals as well as human beings the uh, ability to reproduce and to, to fill the space, um, and he saw that was good. And at the end, he did say it was very good. Um, so Jesus is sent by God, the creator of the world, to share everlasting life, to take away the power of death, and so it is no wonder to me that one of the Ten Commandments is God commanding us to not kill. Thou shalt not kill, period, is probably the verse that struck a chord with me the most. Um, I'm a, of the generation that wants, you know, explanation and reasoning, you know, what, but why? Why not kill? Um, and I think that we can see the answer in this in, in regards to killing one another, uh, killing, you know, fellow human beings. Um, so, in these commandments and this verse, yeah, so this, this commandment and this verse needs no reasoning. It's cut and dry and to the point. Kind of uh, more of a baby boomer commandment. <laughs> okay, so this makes sense to me because my thoughts are that the act of killing people is horrific and disturbing, and I would assume that most of you, hopefully all of you, think the same way. Uh, it's been reported, actually, that many of the most famous serial killers harmed animals when they were young, and when children harm animals on purpose, it's, an, it's a red flag for parents and authority figures and teachers. So we teach, we all teach children to be gentle, loving, and kind, especially to animals. And when we see children hurting an animal, um, or when I do, I intervene. And, you know, often it's easy to see this with, you know, especially little kids, because I can't tell you how many times I've seen my nieces and nephew just kind of grab on to the family dog and just like <laughs> whole, and our family dog does not have much hair. So it's like, it's skin. <laughs> and she just kind of stands there and takes it. But you can tell by her face that it doesn't feel good. Um, I also, my little niece, Ada, she, whenever there's a cat around, she picks it up and squeezes it. And its head is out one side and its tail is out the other. And it's just kind of like, ah, you know, wanting to be out of her arms. And so when I'm around or my sister or brother-in-law around, we do our best to like, okay, be nice, you know, let go. Um, <coughs> just so the animal is a little bit more comfortable and, you know, it can live its own life the way it's, it's wanting to that day. Um, so I like to teach the kiddos around me to love like God loves, and whether that's to animals or to people. So uh, when I was in, high, er, in college, um, I was a sustainability student as well as a women and gender studies student and in my journey on this path of my diet change it um they usually say that people start with health 
and then they go to environment in regards to like their care and then the concern or consideration of animals. Um, it can be any order, but and for me, the first one that I really cared about was the environment um, because back even before high school, I we had a farmer's market in the town that I grew up in, and I loved going and buying locally. I loved to help the local farmers, and I knew that their food was so much more nutrient-dense and healthy and good and yummy um, than you know, what you can get at often at the grocery store. And I saw this specifically in eggs. So if, if you've ever, if you've never had an egg that's been, you know, raised on someone's farm or yard, like local, smaller kind of situation, um, what the difference is if you crack a store egg beside a farm, local farm egg, you can see the difference in the yolk. So the yolk at the, for the store egg is kind of a light yellow, like a sunny D kind of yellow. But then if you crack the farm egg, the you know local egg, it can be a vibrant bright orange and sometimes even red. And you, it like yeah, exactly. So top of that picture over there would be a store egg and the bottom, well, not necessarily the bottom bottom, but almost to the bottom would be more of a local egg and that was fascinating to me it kind of everything started to click and I started to get the significance and the um, the nutrients within our food and so as time progressed and I started learning more and more about you know how we raise our food matters and how where it comes comes from matters um, I started learning more and more about how big our agriculture and um, you know, factory farms are affecting the earth and the planet, which I care very much about because I like to hike. I like to see, you know, I like to go to national parks. I like to see what's going on and I want it to be there. Um, and so back to this. Yeah, my biggest catalyst that made me begin questioning the decisions I made in food I was eating was the environmental impact. I felt such a connection to nature and was able to most easily see God within it, and I became hooked. Whether it was on a hike or camping, in my dog, or in movies about rainforests or mountains, I care about these spaces with a passion and want to do my best to preserve them for future generations because generations past had done that for me. Um, I think, there we go. So the first thing I did was I went vegetarian. I did a vegetarian diet, which means I didn't eat meat, but I did eat eggs and dairy. And I started advocating for uh, a group or not really a group, but I started advocating for meatless Mondays at my uh, university. And so meatless Mondays are something that anybody can do. It's basically you don't eat meat on Monday, uh, pretty easy. But the reason behind it is some of these statistics up here is that, um, especially one that was very shocking to me, was um, it takes 1,799 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef. And that's a lot of water for a bur burger that can literally be eaten in less than five minutes. So that was, it was just a little jarring. So yeah, a quarter pound uh, burger uses enough water to fill 10 bathtubs, and livestock produce 
uh, production uses 75% of the Earth's agricultural land. And for those who are listening on the podcast, are we podcasting? Yes? Okay, then please go to meatlessmonday.com and look up the icons that are available. <laughs> uh, but like I said, I, I went vegetarian for this reason, uh, and I was vegetarian for seven years or so. But eventually, I began to question my logic. So by decreasing my meat consumption, I was lowering the demand uh, and therefore reducing my carbon footprint and negative impact on the environment. But, you know, if I was still eating dairy and eggs, those animals were still living, which, you know, I want them to live. However, they were also being produced for my own benefit um, in the beginning. And I started to dig into it a little bit more. Um, and I found that even though um, it's you, you don't need to kill a chicken to lay your eggs or a, a mama cow to make her milk, um, often in the, well, all, always in the chicken egg laying industry, um, the hens are kept and the dad boy chickens are uh Still little chicks, once they figure out that they're boys, they grind them up. They just toss them into this thing that grinds them up, and they get turned into a type of fertilizer. Um, And then the mothers, especially if they're going to factory farms, uh, their beaks get clipped off, um, and they are smashed together. And so even though I was trying to eat, um, you know, free-ranged labeled eggs from the store, uh, even this happens to free range chickens as well, um, no matter what the label at the store says. Um, and then once those hens are done being able to lay more often, often than not, even at local homes or hopefully not in local local homes, but at home, uh, farms, they, you know, they don't need the chicken anymore. Why would they have her around? Why would they feed her? And so she ends up becoming a Good. You aren't seeing my email. They, she ends up becoming, you know, a, a meal as well. Um, and then when it comes to the dairy industry, uh, that's that's pretty rough. So I mentioned that um, I also studied gender studies, and I just really was passionate about that. And in that, you learn about equality of all, not necessarily um, just for women. It's it's what about the world is is off that makes women have to be this way and because of that a man have to be this way so often we find that I'm going on a tangent but you know women are weaker and so men have to be stronger and that's not the case we want men to be able to have a soft side and women to be empowered and have this kind of flow um, so everybody has a balance and um, this when you're learning about all of this you're also learning about um, rights and the ability to, um, the options when it comes to having children and the importance of a woman to, you know, be in charge of her own body. Um, and when it comes to animals and especially mama cows, they are not in charge of their own body. So they are, they are, um, forced to force impregnated and um, when they they have their babies their babies are immediately taken away um, and they're then only used for their milk 
production. And then often they have more babies in a year than they should for their bodies. And then when those babies are taken away, uh, it is, I mean, imagine if your babies were taken away from you. It is, they have emotions. We've seen in our own pets that animals have emotions. There is this huge loss and sadness of having a, a baby taken away. And if the baby is a female, they raise it so she can do the same exact thing as her mother. And if the baby is a male, it becomes pinned up and then made into veal, which is a dead baby cow that we eat, that some people eat. <laughs> um, and so I didn't like that. Just to clarify. Um, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> um, and so I... I started seeing how this was a responsibility that I wanted to take on myself, that this was, if I was gonna be able to make a change, uh, this is something I had control over and something that um, could really make an impact. So uh, this, this verse, Jeremiah 12, four, how long will the land mourn, the grass of every field wither, because those who have lived in it are wicked. The animals and the birds have perished. Moreover, the people are saying he is blind to our ways. That should be a capital H, by the way. Um, and so I, keep, I kept seeing more and more of just how me, a daughter of Adam and Eve, needs to wake up and become conscious of how I was living. Um, I kind of mentioned the, the benefit or the importance of men and women both having a more masculine side and a feminine side. And I realized um, earlier in my 20s that I wasn't really a soft person and that I had more of a calloused heart. And I saw this because my, my sister Allie, who some of you know, um, she was always the sister or the kid for my parents who just had this very sweet demeanor. She was always like very loved the romantic movies and dreamed of her Prince Charming. And if we were driving on the road and there was an animal that had been hit a few days later, she would cry or earlier, she would cry. And she was just so soft and sweet and, and warm hearted. Um, and we would, you know, kind of make fun of her and poke jokes and this and that. But then um, as, you know, I started becoming more and more conscious of my you know, life and what I was doing, I started realizing that I was callous and she had this softness that I really admired that I just, I just couldn't feel those feelings. I had a hard time crying when I was emotional. I had a hard time sharing with people and connecting and I wanted to get, um, to kind of chip that off. And so I made it a point to become a little more and more soft as time went on. Um, and so I, I, pick this verse because I think it's interesting that um, even back then there were people who were callous and a little harder hearted that they used the land and used uh, the animals in the land as most likely people in their lives uh, for just and, and use them up or and they saw the um, the detriment of that of, of making decisions that way. And I, I just am uncomfortable with living my life in that way. And so today I would say I'm as soft as I've ever been, <laughs> but also just as strong and powerful and am able to balance that. Um, and so most of you know, but for those of you don't, who don't, I am a holistic health coach now. And I, the things I mentioned earlier kind of, 
evolved into a passion and I have seen it all come together within uh, our health. And so I just got really into, you know, how different foods affect us and how we feel and energy and all of those things. And so health has been uh, become a really, you know, important part of my life. And I am so passionate. I like to share it with others and help others if that's something that they're wanting to dig into. Um, so let's see. That's good. So we all know this, but let's read it again. One or First Corinthians six nineteen. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And we hear this as kids. Don't get tattoos. It's your temple. Don't get piercings. Um, but I still adhere to this in the sense of health and wellness. Um, because if I'm not feeling my best and if I'm not taking care of myself or if I'm sick, I'm not able to live and thrive with the purpose that I was sent here to live and thrive with. Um, and that means I'm not fulfilling the duty or the, um, the reason why I'm here, why God placed me here on the planet. Um, let's see what's next. Oh, we get to watch a movie, but we're going to watch this in a minute. So anyway, back to health. <laughs> um, so even, you know, in, with animals aside and their well-being and with the environment aside and their well-being, its well-being, um, we are in charge of our own bodies and how we take care of them. And um, what is the clearest to me in my path is that um, back maybe 10 years or so, I had terrible uh, brain fog and it was constant. Every morning I would wake up and I felt like I was in a dream I had no energy. Um, I ate the way I thought I should and tried to exercise the way I thought I should um, and would need a nap very early on and was very uncomfortable in the way that my body was, you know, serving me. And so I started to, I, I actually was concerned that I had um, anemia or something worse. And so I went to the doctor for a blood panel. And this was back when um, I was vegetarian, but recently vegetarian, still sometimes ate fish and stuff like that. So I, I, I wasn't how I am now. Um, and so I went and got this blood panel done and was just wanted to know like what was wrong with me. And it came back and I, I got the results and everything was fine. Everything was where it should be. Levels were good. And I was so sad because there was no explanation. I did not understand what was wrong with me. And I thought, you know, I remembered I was, you know, 20. And so I remembered being a kid and I remembered having the imagination of a child. And I remembered the energy I had and how long I could go without, you know, being tuckered out. And I wanted that back and I was nowhere close to where that was. And I remember having the thought, um, I can't live my entire life like this. I do not want to live the rest of my life feeling this way. And so I started to take, um, you know, little steps and changes into my own hands. And what I found over the years, um, I first, you know, eliminated meat and then, um, 
eliminated slowly. It was kind of a gradual thing, but decreased dairy and eggs. And I, when I first went vegan, even then, I was still, uh, now with what I know, I was detoxing stuff out this whole time. I, I wasn't the most healthiest child. And so you have, you know, an elimination phase, but um, even through the first part of my, you know, plant-based lifestyle, um, I still wasn't feeling better. But then when I started eating um, fruits and vegetables and amping that up and not being afraid of the carbs and being afraid of the sugar that was in them, um, I really started, everything Everything started changing. I My brain fog cleared. I had way more energy. Um, I slept better. I was breathing better. I was able to move longer and run farther and started really noticing how much um, of a difference that this can make. And I, I that's when I started, um, you know, over the years, picking up on these little Bible verses and um, especially that first one in Genesis when at the end, when he says, I gave you all the uh, fruit, fruit with seed, you know, plants for you to eat. Um, It makes sense that before there was sin, they were just consuming fruit because, (laughs) and you know, veggies and all that. Um, And for the women in the room, you guys know that I've gone twice now to a raw vegan fruit festival. Literally the whole week you exercise at your choosing. You don't necessarily have to, but the only things that are available to eat are fruits and some vegetables, uh, salad bars and stuff like that. And during that week, um, because you know, there's nothing else available. That's what you eat. I, you, I feel I like I'm on cloud nine, you'd end up, I ended up uh, not as as the days go on during that week, I sleep less and less, but because I'm energized more and more, um, I laugh more and enjoy just being more and feel so electric. Um, And when I come home, I try to maintain it. And each time it just reminds me, it's okay to add these more of these foods in. It's okay to eat seven bananas, even though people watching you will like make fun of you. And you know, it's it's worth it because I believe that that feeling and that way of um, that connectivity is so spiritual and is so godly. And um, consciousness and connection to God, I think, goes both ways. He's here all the time. He's around us. He's as close as close can be. But to reciprocate that, um, that relationship, I, I want to do the best that I can. And for me, that is to, um, elevate how I'm feeling, elevate my vibration, so to speak. And, um, I do feel closer to God and feel like I can, or that I am closer to God. He's always close to me. Um, but that I can see his blessings more and I can see the beauty in others more in the world and my compassion and empathy just explodes and is, it's, is always exploding. Um, so I wanted, I wish I would have put this a little bit earlier, but, um, this is, you know, we're all able to see the joy and the love and the kindness and sweetness and fear in our own pets. But I wanted to just share this video, it's only a minute long, um, of some, you know, more consumable animals. 
Uh, I want to show the, the joy and happiness in them as well, because we don't see it as often. I was like, I need to disconnect from the computer. I need to do something new. Corey's totally going to frolic with me. I just, I just like to see that to be reminded that it, even if an animal is typically an animal that we eat, um, they all can experience joy and love and fun. Um, and seeing that reminds me that my taste buds and the flavors are not as important as them being able to experience a life like that. Um, and so, you know, we... For me, at least, I would just have a meal. 20 minutes later, I'd be done. But because of the food I was, or the, the things I was choosing to consume, um, I was, you know, partaking in a form of, um, you know, suffering and pain and cruelty. Um, no matter if I didn't do the, the killing myself, I, I was contributing to that. It was being done for me. And, um, yeah, my, I, I just don't believe that, um, and I just don't believe that a God would create feeling sentient beings for us, for me to kill, um, to slit their throats, to prod them with electrical spikes, um, to shoot them with guns, to take them out of their, uh, environment uh, of the of the teeming waters and the prairies and the, the lands and the mountains that they are enjoying being in. You know, if we are running after, if I'm running after an animal um, to catch it and take it with me, it's going to run too um, because it's scared or it's it's trying to preserve its own life. And I am I am just not comfortable in making that a part of my life anymore. Um, so above all, for me, it comes down to emulating and respecting God and Jesus and the ways I've seen them 
set examples for. Uh, we are about to take communion, a sacrament of Christ, and there are only seven sacraments, and seven is a favorite mystical number of God, um, and they are all significant and holy. The one we partake in the most, because Jesus told us to, is communion, a literal consumption of the body and the blood of Christ, to show and remind us that God is so close and sacred to us that he is literally consumable. What we consume and how we consume is holy. God knows that we like to eat and that that can be holy for us. He gave us taste buds, and so I believe it is our duties and free will to show gratitude at eating by being conscious and of how we nourish these temples of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I thank you for listening to this or for listening to me today. I um, like I said, this is not something I normally share, especially this long. I am more of an advocate of leading by example, um, but I think it's good for me to practice talking about it because it's, um, it's important. And um, for those of you who might take something away from this, um, know that if you ever decide to give it a try for yourself, <laughs> I don't just eat heads of lettuce. I eat, you know, I eat burgers, I eat pizza, I eat donuts. They're all veganified. Anything that you like can be um, made from plants and probably tastes a little bit better because, side note, our tongues do not have protein receptors, so we can't actually taste protein in the way like a wolf can. Um, so our veggie plant burgers taste really good. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I just really uh, believe in being conscious, being soft, um, raising my vibration to connect to God in a way that I can um, be really proud, proud of. Um, so once again, we are about, about to partake in communion. So I will give us a little prayer and we can partake in that. And if somebody has a a song they can play. Please do that. <laughs> thank you. God, thank you so much for bringing us all here today. And thank you for the openness and acceptingness of uh, this spiritual community. I'm so blessed and grateful and thankful for, for these people and for this church and for this body. Um, it's, it's a blessing from you that I will always, I will always be thankful for. Um, God, come into our lives today and, and just bless our Sundays. Bless the communion, the bread, and the wine to our bodies. Uh, thank you for the beautiful world around us and the environment that you speak to us through. Thank you for our health, our bodies, our temples for the Holy Spirit. Um, thank you for blessing us with those. And finally, God, thank you for the animals. Um, I think we don't thank you for them enough, but you speak to us just as clearly through them as you do any other platform. So God, once again, bless your body to our bodies. In your name we pray. Amen.